Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stuttering Foundation podcast. This is your host, Sarah McIntyre, recording from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I am welcomed again by Vivian Siskin, our guest here this month for this four-part arts miniseries. This is episode three, and as just a reminder to listeners, if you're just tuning in, just might want to head back and listen to episodes one and two, just to acclimate to some of what we've already built upon in our conversation thus far. Today's episode, Impatience, Habit, and Other Barriers to Change, will be the third episode, and then our final will drop next Tuesday. So looking forward to being with you all again next week, and I'm going to, and visualizing Vivian cringing at the moment (laughs) as I re-record this intro, but I'm going to share her bio yet again, just so that if you are just tuning into this episode, you can get a context for her background and really wonderful experience and accomplishments in our field. Once I read her bio, we'll just resume our conversation from there. Vivian Siskin is a clinical professor emerita at the University of Maryland, an ASHA fellow, and a board-certified specialist in fluency disorders. She served as coordinator for ASHA's special interest group for fluency disorders, chair of ASHA's council for clinical certification in audiology and speech-language pathology, and received ASHA's media champion award. Iskin served as vice chair of the American Board on Fluency and Fluency Disorders and is a faculty member for the Stuttering Foundation's Mid-Atlantic Workshop. She was named Speech-Language Pathologist of the Year by the National Stuttering Association, and she owns the Siskin Stuttering Center in the Washington, D.C. area. So we'll just be resuming our conversation here. I think as people might be listening, not only stutterers, but speech-language therapists might be listening. And this seems challenging. It's challenging as a therapy process, and it's also challenging as for a clinician to be able to carry this out. You know, no, you're not going to be Vivian. You know, you're going to be doing it your way. And I think all of my students hopefully learned that they have to develop their own style of doing therapy and take some concepts and make it their own. But there are challenges to the therapy. And just maybe I'm talking about some of those challenges so that if you're experiencing them, then know that that's typical of this. I love, I'm going to talk about Nick for a second. Nick, one of my associates, Nick Brow, when he, and I, I tell the story all the time, so he's going to laugh if he hears this. But when he was first doing arts, he was already an intern working at the Assistant Stuttering Center. And he was doing arts for his own therapy. And he looked at me one time, and it was such a moment. He looked at me and he said, Vivian, this is so incredibly simple. This is the simplest therapy that I've ever heard of. But it's so complex. And so that contradiction of it being complex and simple at the same time, I think he said it perfectly when he made that that contrast. Because The concept is simple. Yeah, reduce escape and avoidance behavior. You know, enact the role of person who stutters, let go of control. Yeah, all simple. But but so difficult to do, right? And I think that I encourage clinicians to begin the journey with a client, begin that collaboration, and build the counseling skills as you go. Because no one is going to start with all of the counseling skills the counseling skills are very much related to arts concepts. Yes, we do bring in things like CBT and ACT and mindfulness and other kinds of behavioral therapies, 
to help a person who resonates with those therapies. But ultimately, our counseling is about arts concepts and resolving those three conflicts. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about if you're challenged by the counseling aspects of it. But for the client, I would say one of the biggest challenges is in patience with change. And for those of you who have been in the arts, on an arts journey, and you become impatient, or you have a client who is impatient, the process is not linear. It's definitely, some people describe it as two steps forward, one step backward. Some people, the the new behaviors and the old behaviors coexist for a long period of time. So even an escape behavior like an um, well, you know, I only, I used it 20% today and I it didn't, I open stutter 20% today and the, and the other 60%, I have no idea what I did. That's a typical <laughs> response. I, look at the movement, look in the rear view mirror, look at where you were a few months ago, where the idea of stuttering directly on an intended sound was something out of, you know, out of this universe, something that wasn't even in, on the menu, so to speak. And so I think that impatience, I think at, we need to reassure ourselves that it's not a race. You know, it's sort of like the, you know, the tortoise and the hare. Everybody's going to get to the finish line the way they get to the finish line. And the celebration of every step along the way, regardless of the speed, should be celebrated. The other thing is the power of habit. And I think that is another challenge too. So many people in my groups talk about I've made so much progress. Look at me. I'm saying all that I want when I want to say it. I'm open stuttering. I'm talking to people. I'm not saying no to things. Look at all the change I've made. But there are times when I meet a new person or I'm ordering my food that my body is drawn, is drawn to that protective response to anticipate. You know, like it's a response to the anticipation of pain or shame or hurt. And we go back to the old behavior. And why am I still doing that? I should be done with that by now. You know, all these expectations of the shoulds. And I think that stutterers and clinicians have to reassure themselves and others that that power of habit and the pull to not experience pain and shame and hurt are powerful, powerful, powerful drives. And be kind to yourself and understand that, yeah, that happened today. As one of my clients in Saturday group always says, yeah, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> that's a thing. And everybody laughs because, yeah, I had a thing too this week. Yeah, that's part of the journey. And the other challenge that I want to talk about, there's actually two more challenges I want to talk about. Because I think the challenges are important to understand and to, when you're working with clients, to be able to talk about the challenges and accept the challenges and problem solve with them, is the desire to resist, sort of, it's resisting society's desire to fix you. And it's out there all the time. Unwanted advice. Therapy that increases concealment or escape remnants of therapy that encourage escape and hiding and one's own desire to be fixed that giant in chains that Sheehan talked about 
if only I didn't stutter, I would be able to do this. I would date a million women. I would be president of the company. I would be so outgoing. I would have a million friends. I would do public speaking. All of these things that giant in chains. And you want to fix yourself so that you can do all of those things. And again, going back to the impatience, the impatience. The chains melt away over time when you allow yourself to communicate authentically. And sometimes, and I can tell, talk about this from clients, I've experienced it, what they really wanted to do, they never had to say, now I'm ready to do it. They were just doing it. They were just doing it naturally because that's where they were. The chains were melting off and they just started doing it. The high-feared situations now became low. You don't have to say, now I'm going to do it in a high-feared situation. No, always work in the low-feared situations. Pretty soon, those mid- and high-feared situations will drop into the low-feared category. It's this organic process. It happens naturally. And the last challenge for me, Sarah, I'll be honest with you, (laughs) and this is going to be a funny one, it's keeping stuttering high on the problem list. So what happens is like, you know, you have a problem list. And when people come into therapy, stuttering is at the top of my problem list and everything else. All my other problems in my life are like mid, low, the bottom of the problem list. And you know how some kids come in and their stuttering is in the middle of the problem list, but for the parents, it's at the top of the problem list. So we, we look at problem lists a lot. And when people come into group at the beginning, stuttering is the top of the problem list and they're motivated and they're doing things and they're and they're evaluating their assignments and they're on a roll, right? They're like trotting through their, their journey at the beginning. It's like a beginning of a marathon when you have all this energy. And then what happens is they start feeling better about themselves. They're communicating when they want to. They have less fear of speaking. They talk up in a group. All of these things are you know, part of what they're doing naturally. And gee, something else in my life rose to the top. You know, I might want to, you know, get a life coach because I want a new job because I'm really underemployed. Um, and so other things start going up on their problem. You know, I haven't been to the gym in a really long time. I need to really work on my body, you know, those kinds of things. And so I do a lot of pep talks in my group, Sarah, where I'm sort of like trying with sometimes with not much success. To keep stuttering high in the problem list, you know, yeah, you still have, you know, some things you want to change. And so that's a big challenge. Um, so if you see particularly a teen or an adult, anybody who seems to have lost, quote, motivation for change, and you say they've lost their motivation, don't jump to that conclusion. Maybe they're healthier. Maybe they're better. Maybe Stuttering isn't the thing that's bothering them all day. Maybe they're having a social challenge. Maybe they're having an academic challenge. Maybe they're just a teen, right? And so I think that's another challenge that we feel that motivation is a problem of the client when sometimes it can be a positive sign of change. In those instances, and I'm thinking of examples too in my head of of clients and even myself in periods of my life where where other things have gone higher on the priority list of the problems, right? Do you and Art see people kind of coming and going occasionally in in 
terms of group attendance or making stuttering on the list for them? Oh my, yes. And it's so beautiful. I think that's the beauty of our groups. I'm going to actually get a little emotional here when I think about this. Kids who I worked with in middle school, they did fine. They didn't need therapy anymore in high school. They did fine. They went to college. They contact me as an adult in the business world because they have communication goals related to their stuttering that they want to work on a different time in their life. And they join a group. I have people that we joke around, like when people introduce themselves in group and they like to say how long they've been working on arts. I don't know why that's a thing. Hi, I've been in this group for two months. Hi, I've been in the group for two years, you know. And there are some people that say, well, Vivian known me forever. And I go, yeah, I've known you since you were 16. Or yeah, I know you since you were 14. And what's even more beautiful is when somebody later in life comes to group because they're now in their retirement aspect of their life. And they were on the corporate ladder or busy every day raising children, doing what people do. And now they have time to sort of reflect and do something different with their speech. And that's a beautiful time too. And I'll tell you, this is sort of like one of my consult secrets. If I talk to a teen in a consult and we determine that they don't necessarily need therapy, yes, very often the parent thinks they need therapy, but the teen talks to me and we really talk about what's going on and they're honest and they're really not needing therapy at that moment in time. I always say to them, stuttering is okay if you have, you know, tightness in your speech and you have repetitions in your speech and you're saying all you want to say when you want to say it and you're not feeling negative thoughts and feelings and you're not being held back from any why would you need therapy why would you need therapy but i always say to them remember this conversation because there may be a time in your life that you'll say to your mom remember that lady and um that's happened that's really mm-hmm. happened where the parent will call me. I just got one actually where, yeah, he said, remember that lady, can you call her? And that person was, was ready to jump in and change. So yes, we have people in and out of groups. We have people, I love to talk about the stuttering journey. Some people start the journey and then they find a nice, comfortable bench to sit down on. They build a house, they sit there, they, have, they put out their garden furniture and they park themselves there for a <laughs> <laughs> a little while <laughs> and they're happy and it's a great place on their journey to be they're communicating well and feeling pretty good and they don't feel like they need to change anymore at that moment and then time passes and they say you know i want to move i'm going to move down this road a little bit see what's further down the line for me because every once in a while i'm still feeling ooh maybe i don't want to stutter again and i know that that can lead me to hold back. And if I start holding back, then I may be into struggle. So that's also a, a nice thing that people can, for themselves, decide that it's time to do some change. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Vivian. I think this is a good stopping point for the this episode. And just a reminder to listeners that we'll be back next week with part four, discussing the active ingredients of arts. 
So see you all next week and hope that this episode was helpful. Again, Vivian, I can't thank you enough for your time, wisdom, and expertise that you're continuing to share with us. Bye, everyone. Bye.